tonight we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Word of God. And uh, Brother Brad, I'm so glad that you're here. Tell I'm us glad to be here. What, what's one thing that we may not know about you? One thing. Come on, what, what's something surprising uh, that we not know? Put him on the spot. I, I am half yeah. Hispanic. My last name's not Stewart. It's actually Lazariga. My dad is from the really? Yucatan. He came to the United Serious? States to go to college. You're blowing me away. I'm I thought shocked. you were going to say. You know. That's why my first name is Jules. It's, uh, my dad was Jules, but he changed his name from Julio. Uh, my roots are Basque. Do you the, speak Spanish? My sister does. My cool. sister, I look How like my mom, who's uh, Irish. My sister looks like my dad, who's Spanish. Well, that's great. Well, I just—I thought Didn't you gonna, know that. No, you blew me away. I thought you're gonna—I thought you're gonna say something like, "I've had a like a ten-year prison sentence or something." <laughs> oh you know about that? No, I'm no, I'm kidding. Kidding. <laughs> no. I've had, so I never would have gotten clear. Well, that's great. So you're you're uh, like half Spanish or part Spanish or whatever. Maybe not half, but and Irish. Yeah. And yep. Irish. Half Irish, half Spanish. Cool. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I know this about you, brother Brad. You love the Word of God. Oh, I, yes, I do. Yes. Yeah, I do with that. So one of the things that I, one of the reasons that I wanted to, to do this this evening was because about, what was it, seven, eight years ago? It was 2011. Mm-hmm. Ten years ago. 2011. So tell the story. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, challenged well, the congregation. Okay, so I, I, I was raised in church. I uh, had read parts of the Bible, and there were several times, and Glenda can, can account for this, I would pick up the Bible and I'm going to read through it. You know, and I'd make it as far as Leviticus or Deuteronomy or one of those. Crash and burn. Oh, yeah. It's like, that, <laughs> those are hard books to get through. Yes. Uh, I meant well, and I and I wanted to read the entire Bible, but it just never happened. You mm-hmm. know, I was in the Word. I wouldn't say, you know, I wasn't opening up the Bible, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it was something I wanted to do. And it wasn't until 2011. I think you were part of it too. Yeah. What happened? You, what happened? You, you, you brought, what the, you brought the fire. These, you brought I these bookmarks in there, like. and I said, "Here's the opportunity," because you you had mentioned at the beginning of the year uh, that the sermons each Sunday were going to be uh, based on yeah, kind that of around week's around that thing, yeah. and, and they were in the beginning. Uh, You're right. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then but we got then, led, then led there were only so many people reading, and <laughs> yeah, but. It didn't matter. I was on my way. I was checking off boxes, and and I got past the hump of the the mm-hmm. books of Moses, and uh, there was a real thirst there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did the thirst grow as you went along? Oh yeah, and, and mm-hmm. it's continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is you and I. We we, we talked at one time, and, and it's like you can't read the Bible too many times, and every yes. year that you read it, you find something that you didn't find before. Exactly. So it is the handbook for life. You know. If you want to drive a car, you have to read the driver's handbook, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? I thought it was strange that when our son was born, they let us leave the hospital with no instructions. <laughs> right. Right. You know? Help. Well, this is the owner's manual for life. That's how yes. I look at it. Mm, that's and, good. And it's it's a never ending uh, process of learning from God's word. So God, the God so, that created us, yeah, gave us a manual of but how to it, please. It's funny. Him. There was there was two things, two observations about that first year. Uh, you didn't read the entire month. You read the 25 days each month. And mm-hmm. little, when I got to the end and, I, and I, I brought you the, the right. all the bookmarks are all marked off, I said, you know what the hardest part of this was? And Mackenzie had already told you. It's like the last five days of the month where you're not reading. It's do? like, yeah. what do you do? You know? <laughs> and that was the same thought at the end of the year was, what do I do? Yes. It's like, mm-hmm. I've got to read it again. You know, there's, there's, and that was what kind of started it. And, and I went to different translations just because uh, we were reading. The church was really centered around the New King James version, yes. and I realized uh, about halfway through reading that 
a chronologic plan, I think, would be better. If you're going to read cover to cover, yes. my recommendation would be read chronologically because you read Samuel and Kings and then you're reading Chronicles. They're like, I just read this, didn't I? Yes. And yeah. then there's the <laughs> chronologic harmony of the Gospels where if you can read them, none of them are written to a, a chronologic timeline. But if you use one of them as a basis for the timeline, then when you read the par- you know the parables, you know all the parallel passages, it does fill in. They all fit together, yeah. and so you get to see it. the The true synoptic nature of the gospel of the synoptic gospels comes mm-hmm. to light. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When you're reading them uh, simultaneously, yeah. So and you really get when you do it that way. The synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it fills in a lot. It does. Uh, it, it re- yeah, you get the nuances of how the author saw that. So so in 2011. Mm-hmm. I challenged the church to read the scripture, and 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 you've been raised in church, you'd read parts of the Bible, but it just for some reason in 2011 it just clicked for you then. And yeah. I remember that, and I think you remember this. That yeah, I went to at the, the end of right the year. The service, it I was like the last Sunday of 2011. Mm-hmm. You and Glenda walked up, and you said to me, "You said we well, we did it. We finished this morning." And at first, mm-hmm. I was like. Finish what? what? <laughs> and then you handed me those bookmarks, and you had checked off those four yeah. bookmarks. And I, I don't, you know, I don't know that that's the best way to do it. There's like no. hundreds well, of ways, maybe, to read the Bible. Every, I think everybody has their own their own approach, but it, it, because two of the bookmarks were having you read in the Old Testament on, like on different timeline, yeah, yeah, and then two of yeah. them were New Testament. Mm-hmm. But it got me through, so yeah. you know that I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. But, Whatever inspires but learned, you. But I learned, you know, for me, chronologic was was a better approach. And so uh, the second year was New King James, and that Bible, or you don't have it here. I don't have it. Yeah. Yeah. The the uh, Thomas Nelson chronologic King James Bible was what I used the second year. Yes. And mm-hmm. every year after that has been chronologic. Yeah, I don't think the best approach. Now, most most of us know that. The Word of God, when the Word of God was written and given by the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to the apostles and prophets, there were no verses and chapter breaks. Right. Okay, it wasn't like that. That's what man has added. In fact, one right. one of the one of the one of those were added of a guy riding on horseback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so in the like fourteen fifteen hundreds. But anyway, so uh, you know, there's no. I just don't think personally just like picking a verse here and picking a verse there. That that to me has never been something that I've done. It's just mm-hmm. I have to read broad parts of the Word of God, books of the Word mm-hmm. of God, through the Word of God. Yeah. And that's what you've done. Now, now before we get into some of the principles, the, there's like um, many in our church right now mm-hmm. that are reading through the Word of God, and you have challenged them to do that. So how many are reading through the Scriptures right now? I don't know, and I don't want to know, but <laughs> you've opened up the door for the opportunity. Uh, uh, Glenn and I, our nephew, is uh, has his wife and his and his mother-in-law engaged, and he is he is taking it to heart, and and he's making sure that they are. Are you caught up? Are you caught up each day? Mm-hmm. Are you oh, caught good. up? That's good. Yeah, because sometimes that's what it takes. You need yeah. you need somebody mm-hmm. there, like a coach. Working Carlos with you. and I do that sometimes. Yes. To, yeah, it's like, a, are you are you caught up? Mm-hmm. Glenda's not caught uh, up, yeah, by the way. I, you know, Either things Carlos. are done better. <laughs> things are done better in teams, aren't they? It, it, well, yeah, it helps, yeah. and, and and that's why the notes that I've been throwing out there, those were things that I would take to work back when I was reading because there were there were a handful of people at work that were Christians 
that knew their Bible, mm-hmm. and you have to have that iron sharpen iron relationship with mm-hmm. somebody. Yes, I agree. Somebody to, to, to a sounding board, or better yet, somebody that you can have a dialogue with about what you're reading. Yeah, and, and you know, not everyone's as self-disciplined enough to just kind of gut it out and do it on their own and press through the, the days when they don't feel like doing it. So when, when you do it, and, you know, we talked about this uh, Tuesday morning, in our prayer meeting, I did a devotion on, Paul mm-hmm. said, Paul talked about in Philippians 1, uh, 5 and 6, he said, he talked about your partnership with the gospel mm-hmm. from the first day until now. And then in verse 6 says, he who has begun a good work in you mm-hmm. will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So in that, in that there's that partnership. Mm-hmm. And you read all through the book of Philippians and you get this thought of, what's well, koinonia is the Greek word, mm-hmm. partnership, partnership. And that's really what's happening right now. You've challenged, you were challenged in 2011, and then something just sparked in you. Mm -hmm. And then, as you've already testified, your hunger is growing Mm -hmm. more and more and more. And, uh, you know, to me, in reading the scripture, you know, some people get hung up on a certain translation. And they say, well, what translation should we use? Find one that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. Find one that you can understand. And, and dig in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have, of recent, been reading the, the uh, NIV 84 version, mm-hmm. which to me is w- one of the best right. reading translations there is out there. Yeah. So that balance between the formal equivalent and dynamic equivalent. Right, right. It just really has been speaking to my heart. It's very easy to read, and it's, a, it's actually a good translation. In fact, uh, confession time here. I actually didn't think it was that great of a translation years ago, but the more I've read it, I realize it is a very great translation. I, I would say, too, that uh, not to close the door on parallel reading, that a lot of times I don't even have to go to the commentaries if I just open up mm, to multiple so translations. Oh, that's a great point. That is a And how many times point. have you from the pulpit said, I like the way this translation mm-hmm. says this yes. verse, and, and then it becomes clear? Yes. Because it really wasn't so much a, you know, a, a concept that was difficult to understand. It was the way it was worded in one translation so versus true. another. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit's our teacher, number one. And so why, why, may, yes. why would you, you know, I have, I literally have so many commentaries. I don't even say how many commentaries I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now I buy everything digital, so I've got tons right. of stuff. But, but uh, you don't go to the commentaries first. Why would you go to the commentaries first? No. Mm-hmm. We have the very Word of God. In my mm-hmm. opinion, this is my, as my, my dad says, my humble and accurate opinion. <laughs> but uh, Better than yours. So I, I think if you have a couple, two or three good translations, yeah. Uh, you know, we preach out mostly, you know, I'm not stuck on a translation, but uh, I pretty much preach out of the New King James. And the, the, you say, well, why do you do that? You think that's a superior translation? Probably not in every way, mm-hmm. but they haven't changed it. Right. There are two, since, since 19, what is it, 82 when it came out, there's been two changes. And they're so minor, most wow. people never even heard of them. One's in Ephesians in chapter mm-hmm. 3, and the other's, I think, in First Peter chapter 3. Very minor, minor changes, and they really kind of, what was in the footnote of the marginal notes, they flipped and put it in the text yeah. and, you know, flipped and it. And you, you just touched on another thing I like about the, the New King James is that it shows you the manuscript differences in the cross notes and, and, yes. and, the, and the cross references. And you won't see that in a lot of Bibles. Mm. It, they have full manuscript notes yep. that are just I love absolutely that. I love that. amazing. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's that's the reason that I do a lot, most of my preaching out of the New King James. Not that it's superior. And, you know, we could, we don't. I don't want to get into all the technical of the Alexandrian manuscripts versus the Byzantine type. You know, the received text and all this and that. There's no reason for that. We're we're just here to to motivate us to read the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We have so many great English translations. Uh, New King James, the English yeah. Standard came out. You know, it bugs me. You buy English Standard, and then two, three, three five years later, switch it, you know, change it, or, add, you know, update it, basically. I'll say, I'll say one thing. You, you've mentioned twice now, last, uh, last Wednesday, and then, uh, or the Wednesday before, because, uh, what was it? It was over at, at uh, the It's amazing what house. we say under the anointing. You said, you said, we don't need another English translation. I actually want to see one. Because the, the and, and I don't mean to get into the, the weeds here, but... Yeah. The King James is the only one that's really leans to the Byzantine. Yeah. I'd like to see that updated out of the Elizabethan English well, they have into the modern. modern they have modern. They? They, oh yeah, okay. they have modern King so it's James. Already there. Oh no, they have. No, there's so many. I we probably have. A, I need to get a hold of one. We probably have 150 English translations, and we have you know a modernized King James version. You have. That's what I want to. Find. Uh, there is. <laughs> I have it upstairs. I have. Um, oh, what is it? It's one that uh, Dr. Michael Brown and some of their group did. Uh, actually, the Fire Bible, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's an updated uh, King James, and they took out a lot of the these and thous yeah. and things. Nobody and speaks like that anymore. So, yeah, yeah so, but there's so many wonderful translations. So you just find a couple that you really like, and I, I think you need to stick with the translation for, for memorization purposes. You know, if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're changing translations every year or so, I think you know used to used to the King James was like really easy to read or easy to because it was like Shakespearean, which is easy like poetry. Like poetry. You know, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, taking heed thereunto <laughs> thy word. And you say, well, what did you just say? Was that tongues? Well, it was, it's 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 a way that it's written. It's very poetry oriented, very yeah. easy to to quote and memorize. Beautiful, beautiful. Language. It's be- oh, it's nothing matches the but we just don't talk that way anymore. But yeah, but part of um, I guess I'd say part of really getting in the word like you're talking about tonight and is is getting a translation that you you really love and just you know stay in there and 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 learn what the word of God says. So so you don't know how many how many are doing the chronological reading right now. No. Uh There's like 20 in our face group. Yeah. Group. Excellent. Somewhere around there. Awesome right now. So what's the what's the word of God meant to you? I know that's kind of open ended. What what is how how has it affected your life? Like how has it inspired your life and made your Christian life more effective? Uh, in, in a number of ways, and I'll I'll try to to keep it short. But uh, we see in the Old Testament, you know, Moses is given the word of God. You know, Abraham walked with God, or Abram, you know, in the beginning walked with God. And then we have the Word of God. We see the Word of God in the Old Testament. And we're spending, you know, 2,000 plus years. And then the Word becomes flesh. And now we have a living testimony. Yeah. You know, we know where it's, com- where it's going to. You know, Jesus is, is going to give us the gift of salvation. And, and so, as Jeremiah, and I think it's also in, G- in Isaiah, you know, talk about, you know, now I do a new thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's going to write the Word on their hearts. Well, they don't understand what he's talking about there, but sure. you know. So, we see we see the the written word. Now we have the living word, and all of this starts to come to light as you start to you know you spend time in, in the word, reading it, and then you have you realize Jesus was a testimony to everyone. You know, during during his what three three and a half year ministry, mm-hmm. uh, it was leading to the cross, 
but what's going on during the rest of that time? And now yeah. you're starting to realize, you know, he's a living testimony to us. Yes. You know, of, mm-hmm. of how, how we are to live our life. Because clearly in the Old Testament, they're having trouble following what, he was, what they were told. So mm-hmm. now yeah. we have a living testimony, you know, going before us. Yes. Um, so I, it's really helping sharpen my understanding in, in that area. But, uh, you know, I think as a kid, I just look at it as a book. You know, but now I'm seeing things in it. It's like, this is not just a book. Yes. You know, um, so how do you feel? It's the word of God. It is truly the word of God. I mean, the, what, what I was getting at with uh, uh, when, when uh, Paul talks to the Athenians on Mars Hill, uh, you know, the Mount for uh, Aries, it like it, it, it's, you know, when he talks to him, he speaks to him of the unknown God. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you learn that he wasn't just picking up some altar that had marked unknown God. There's a story behind that mm. where uh, Ephemenides, you know, from like 600 BC was brought into the Athenians to, to uh, rescue them from a plague, and they were calling to all the gods they knew, all the false gods they knew. Right. But mm-hmm. they were actually calling to the God of, of Israel, of mm-hmm. the, the, true, the one true God. And uh, not not to uh, belabor that, but d- did uh, Paul know about Epimenides? And he did because he quotes him in Titus. When he sends Titus to Crete, he yeah. says the one Cre- of their own prophets. The Cretans. Uh, yeah, he quotes them. Right. He quotes right. them. And he quotes them again. In, in, uh, in, um, and says some very negative things about them. <laughs> the yes, he Christians does. weren't so, godly so people, were they? Epimenides does the same thing. He says yeah. the same thing. But the reality of it. When you start realizing that, you know, it passes all the historiography tests, you know, the internal tests, the bibliographic the tests. The unity mm-hmm. tests. Yeah, all those tests. Yeah. And it's like, you know, throw all the other works away if, if yeah. the Bible, you know, can't can't stand. I think the prophecies of the Bible. Incredible. Are, they're just, it's, there's impossible. It's, mm-hmm. I, and I oh, yeah. say that. I don't, you know, I know that a lot of that's used, at, you know, the words are used, overused. Yeah. But I'm telling you, the Word of God is supernatural in its prophetic utterances. Oh, yeah. It's impossible that all the things could come together in a unity. And even, even as they converge in Christ, Jesus, our Messiah, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It, you know, mathematically, it's impossible that those prophecies would converge yeah. on any one person. Like uh, Daniel 11, every year. When I read Daniel 11, I have to break out a history book to start mm-hmm. reading about the Greek wars. Yes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and the Ptolemaic and, Ptolemaic, and the yeah. Seleucid empires going against each other in Jan- Daniel 11. Well, how many times have you heard a biblical scholar say, oh, well, that was written afterwards? Oh, absolutely. They say that. How can that. you be a biblical scholar and say that? Well, they're just <laughs> well, yeah. biblical. Well, they're the just thing. religious. I think, this, I think this is a God thing. Okay, so in 1947, 2,000 years, uh, no Bedouin uh, shepherd has ever found. found these you know, now all of a sudden, he finds... Uh, they're not the original autographs or the original manuscripts. They're copies, but they date to 150 BC. And the end of the Greek Wars was 168. So if you're going to write, and it's a copy, so yeah. who knows when the original was written? Exactly. That close to the original event, people would call you on it. They'd say, oh, you know, you're, you're writing about something that's already happened. Exactly. Okay, so that in itself stands as, you know, if you're going to doubt what the word says, uh, Daniel, indeed, in 11, was describing something yeah. that was going to happen hundreds of years mm-hmm. into the future. 
Which just blows I, me away. It's, it's incredible that, you know, hundreds, yes, hundreds of years later. Or, or Isaiah, 700 years. Yes. That it's impossible in the natural. The but because it is. The Word of God is a supernatural book. Mm-hmm. And and its accuracy, and the more you know, the more like you're talking about archaeological and finds we find, the more it doesn't disprove, but it proves. proves. Yes. Yep. The more we find, you know, the more we know that we have the Word of God. So, Amen. So it's inspired your life. Oh, it has. It has definitely. Uh, and, and I will, you know, it is is I think it's in Deuteronomy where you know uh, Moses speaking to the people, uh, speaking you know uh, God's word to the people. Yes. Um, mm-hmm knows that they're going to ask for a king in advance mm. and, and tells them, he says, when you do pick a king, because you're going to, uh, <laughs> he, he's going to read the word and keep him in the word mm-hmm. to keep him grounded. Because look at, you know, we see the, the foibles of, of David, of mm-hmm. Solomon, uh, you name it, you know, name, name any, you know, historical character in the Bible. And they fall away, you know, because mm-hmm. they don't, they lose sight. They don't stay grounded. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that's a so, good, so that's that's kind of the the tack I'm taking is that, well, they were to stay in the word. I should stay in the word. It yeah. keeps me. It's a moral compass, and it keeps yes. us grounded. So, well, we're going to talk about that for a few minutes this evening. We'll share this. I think you have something that that I think I may want you to read. Uh, read it's beautiful what you wrote Maria today. Put a comment in there. We asked how how has the word of God impacted you? She said, "Open my eyes so I could understand God has a plan." Amen. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Thy word. You know, is is a lamp, is a light. You know, the the word says, Scripture says in Psalm, the entrance of your word gives light. Mm -hmm. It gives understanding to the simple. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a supernatural revelation that that takes place. So here's something that I've noticed, and I'm seeing it in you, and I'm hearing it in your testimony of how the word of God something just sparked in 2011, and you just through the years it's blessed you. Here's something I've noticed. I've never seen. A, a healthy, strong, vibrant, fruitful Christian that wasn't a person of the Word of God. Absolutely, never, yeah. never. Not, I'm, not, I'm telling you, there's never been an exception mm-hmm. with that. They the people, there's something about the power of the Word of God that that causes a Christian to be fruitful, to mm-hmm. be powerful, to be useful. You know, it says in was it two Timothy three, uh, 15, 16 uh, says uh, how the, the Word of God. It, it equips us for mm-hmm. every good work. And that's what God does. You know, week after week, we're equipping the people of the yeah. Lord. The, the messages are equipping God's people. Yeah. Well, he's, th- there was one event in, in particular I'm thinking of where I was having to work late at night, and I took, I took a break to do my daily Bible reading, and it brought me tears. Mm-hmm. But God speaks to us through his words. I mean, we, he, we, we, he speaks to us differently through his spirit that, that mm-hmm. dwells within us. But reading his word uh, there's some verses in here, like uh, when Thomas is doubting, you know, he tells Thomas, you know, blessed are you that, that you know, you've seen and you believe. Mm-hmm. But I honestly believe Jesus is speaking to us thousands of years later when he says, yeah. blessed, blessed are those that believe that haven't seen. Yes. Right. It's like, who's he speaking to? Yeah. Everybody in the room yeah. seen him. Well, and I think it's as simple as this. If you, the word of God reveals who God is. Yes. And what he wants and doesn't want for our lives. And so mm-hmm. it's as simple as if you care anything about the Lord, 
if you have any love for him, any value for him, you'll value the word of God. Mm-hmm. You'll value what he has said and what he is continuously saying to us. The word of God is a treasure. Mm-hmm. David said, I love your word more than thousands of mm-hmm. gold and silver coins. Yeah. You know, and so you, you think most of you, if you had a pile of gold here, and you had the word of God over here, mm-hmm. you know, most people in our world will take the gold. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. gold's all going to perish one day. The yeah. word of God is eternal. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never, ever pass away. So let's let's look at this. And uh, the question is, how do we activate the word of God in our lives? We know the word of God's powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, for instance, as I quoted as we began, the word of God was, the worlds were created by the word of God. But not only were the worlds created by the spoken word of God. Mm-hmm. What does Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 said? He sustains mm-hmm. all by things word by the word mm-hmm. of his power. He sustains the world with his power of his spoken word. So the word of God is incredibly powerful, but I know there's times in my life when I haven't known that power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the power, the word of God is always powerful. So, oh, yeah. so why am I, why am I not, yeah. don't have that power because it needs to be activated. This is not deficient. It's us. Right. Yeah. 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 We're the ones that's, that are deficient. That's where I was going to go. Yeah. It's like we don't take the moment to, to think, you know, we, we go off and we act on our own mm-hmm. without taking the time to, you know, a little check. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. it, it, you could you could uh, do a knee jerk reaction and then regret it. Or you can take a moment to, to ask yourself, you know. What's wrong? Yeah, yeah. We're always is the problem. Me, the know, Lord's what, never the problem. <laughs> no, no, never the problem. So here's here's what I want to challenge all of us to do. You know, we're talking about a Bible reading chronologically. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done that. I've done all kinds of different ones. I've done the the McChain one. I've you know, I've done the the, the straight through. I've done the, the different portions, you know, the Old Testament poetry, you know, history and, you know, New Testament um, but the thing is, it's not just about a program. It's not just like checking off a box every day, mm-hmm. right? It's not just like, oh, I read my four chapters mm-hmm. or I read my three chapters today. Um, it's, it's about meeting God. Mm-hmm. It's about communing with God. So he, here's what I want to challenge all of us to do, all of us here, and, and that is to activate the power of God's Word. It's more than just reading. Mm-hmm. We have to we have to slow down, mm-hmm. and we have to meditate on the Word of God. He said, "Well, what does that mean to meditate on the Word of God? It really means to think deeply mm-hmm. about the Word of God." Here's what Joshua says, and also in Psalms, Joshua one and eight, the book of the, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate. Mm-hmm. You shall meditate. When, when 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 are you supposed to meditate on it, Joshua? Meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So he's connecting Joshua's success Mm -hmm. about meditating on the word of God day and night. Mm -hmm. Thinking deeply, not just checking off and, and going quickly. There's times that I've read quickly through the word, but, but I think there's, you know, there's times we have to slow down and think deeply about what the Lord's saying. Psalm 1, verse 2. But his delight, this is talking about the righteous man. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates. How does he meditate? He meditates day and night. So I think to activate the Word of God, 
It's, it's not even just about hearing a message on a Sunday morning. That's very important to hear what God's saying through his messengers. But we're talking about going deeper. We're talking about, uh, you know, it says here, uh, actually in verse 3 of Psalm 1 and 3, he's like a tree planted by the rivers of waters in, the, in verses 3 and 4 of Psalms 1. So the word of God meditating, our, our roots start going down really deep in the Lord. We start gaining strength. We start drawing water, fresh spiritual life from the word of God as we as we meditate Amen. on God's word. And then but we we meditate on the word. We think deeply about the word, mm-hmm. not just to gain biblical knowledge, mm-hmm. but we do it to get to know the Lord yeah. and mm-hmm. to apply it that's, to our lives. That's exactly what I was going to say is it, you, what can I do with this? You know, what what yes. would what would God have me do with with what I have learned and how can I apply it? Right. Uh, not just to to simply read it and and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, knowledge puffs down. up. Not, yeah, about, Paul talked about how knowledge puffs up. But really the goal, here's the goal of the command. Um, he said here, I'm just, it said, uh, this is 1 Timothy 1, 5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, mm-hmm. from a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Mm-hmm. Here's the purpose of God's command. It's not just Bible knowledge. Oh, you know, I know about premillennial, nonmillennial, and which is no millennial. <laughs> you know, any, anything with an "ah" in front of it means it's canceled out. But anyway, you know, hey, I the, you know, all these systems and this and that. It's really not about that. Mm-mm. It's about the purpose of the command is to develop a life of love, love for God, love for others, mm-hmm. have a kind, compassionate heart. I had something happen. I mean, our world's gotten so violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought somebody was going to kill me the other day. What? Yeah, it was the craziest thing. I was, I was uh, trying to. I was coming off uh, spur four hundred eight, and I was trying to. It was very heavy. I was just coming to get in line. There was only one line. And next thing I know, there was a guy that cut in on me. I didn't see him till the last moment. He got it out of his car. Stop. He stopped in front of me in the middle of this. You know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. He got out and came back there. You trying to hit my car? I said, I didn't even see you. I, I think he probably had a gun. No, okay. I really feel in my heart. I thought certain, this, certain situations I they thought, probably would have used it too. I thought this you know, guy is, really is going to kill me. I thought over something that is crazy. Yeah. So there's we've lost love and compassion and kindness. Yeah, but the word of God now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart. So the purpose of God's word is not just Bible knowledge, mm-hmm. but it, it is to develop a life of real genuine love for God, go. compassion, love for others from a pure heart. And and the word of God. It's not just about, you know, us doing, you know, getting right on the outside, but it starts, you mentioned it, it, it goes into the heart, changes the heart. It does. He'll change our heart. He'll give us a new heart, a new spirit. It's amazing. When I, when I got saved, in the moment I got saved, all I can explain is this way. I knew exactly what was right and wrong. Yeah. Even, without, even before I'd read it in the Word of God, I knew there were certain things I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. My, in other words, my moral clarity was just... The in, lights came on. The lights mm-hmm. came on. And here's the reason why. The Spirit and the Word agree. Mm-hmm. The, the Holy Spirit gave the Word, so He internalized His laws in me. And it wasn't, like, it wasn't like God was saying, do this and don't do this. And, you know, like, oh, it's like, you know, it's not like, oh, God, all those do's and don'ts Labor and all, sound, all those yeah. don'ts. No, you love the, both the, the uh, encouragements mm-hmm. 
and the admonitions yeah. and the prohibition. You love them all because you love God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you want to do those things because He's changed your heart from a good from a good conscience and a sincere faith. So that the, the Word of God is designed to transform us mm-hmm. into the person that the Lord wants us to be. It is. And I, I find in I, I've observed this. The more now I'm gonna say that the more truly spiritual someone comes becomes, the more practical they become. Mm-hmm. And the more religious someone comes, the more impractical they become. The more rules oriented they are. Mm-hmm. And and the, and that puts people in bondage. But when somebody's really truly spiritual, they become very practical mm-hmm. in the way they see life, in the way they operate in their Christianity. Mm-hmm. Because there's application. There's application. It becomes yeah. real. It's the real deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's the real it's, deal. It's not reading a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the book is in you. I mean, the book is is yeah. internalized. Right. Yeah. You know, in a sense, it's it's incarnate. In a sense that you know, not incarnate, like right, but it's it's internalized in you. His laws are are in our hearts and, and in our minds. Mm-hmm. You know, David David said this. He ta- he said in Psalm one nineteen ninety seven, Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day." Mm-hmm. He he loved the word of God. You know, though every generation has a chance to capture the word of God. It's been preserved, and every generation has to recapture it. I know that, you know, as you have little ones now, and, mm-hmm. you know, I know we tried to, to read the Word of God together and get you guys in, in church and things, and I don't know how, you know, I think we did an all right job, but now you're trying to do that. You and Carlos are trying mm-hmm. to do that with Bennett. They're little sponges. Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. And um, what did Bennett say the other day about going to church? You said something about like, we're singing some songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can learn so much from children. Yes. Like, they're just the mm-hmm. simplicity of how they see things. Because sometimes we try to overcomplicate, like, the word and life and everything. But he said, it was Saturday, and I well, actually, I got sick. But anyways, uh, on Saturday, I said, Bennett, tomorrow's Sunday. What do we do on Sunday? Because he loves to learn about days and what we do on certain days. And he said, uh, we go to church. I said, yeah, what are we going to do when we go to church? He said, oh, we're going to sing some songs. And I said, yeah, we are. Well, who do we sing to? I like to ask all the open-ended questions. And he was like, Jesus and God. And I said, that's right. And he said, he sat there for a second, and he goes, and Jesus likes to listen to us sing. And I said, you're right. He does, buddy. He does. He listens when we sing. He loves to listen to us He loves the worship, yeah. Why don't you read this right here? This is something that you wrote today and getting yeah, ready and for something this. Just on that note, before we move to this, is I was thinking about this today. Um, you know, you're talking about that every generation, it's been preserved and every generation has the opportunity to learn the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we're responsible for that legacy to our children. Mm-hmm. But I think too, I've said this before in my life where you make excuses and you're like, I'm just not a reader or I'm not good at memorizing or this or that or this or that. You know, I've come to the conclusion where I'm like, God has created us to grow and to transform. We can do things that we don't think that we can do. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times we make the excuse um, and I'm preaching to myself, I'm here, is that we say, you know, I'm just not good at reading or I'm not a reader. I don't have time or this or that or this or that. Um, we do. We mm-hmm. have so much capacity, um, and the Lord can can grow that capacity if we'll just be willing. If we'll just yeah. have willing hearts, yes. Um, he can make us readers. He can that's make us true. memorize. He can. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. Yes. Um, so that's just a note that I wanted to. It's a good word to say. But is this what you were wanting me to? Yeah, read some talk of that. About? Yeah. So um, when 
my dad was talking about that we were going to discuss the power of the Word of God. Um, I was thinking just about in Scripture what how the Word of God is illustrated. And one that we've already mentioned is that it's illustrated as a light. And I love that, that Psalms, Psalms 119 talks about that it's a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And, you know, you, you need a lamp for your feet if you think you're going to maybe stumble on something. Mm-hmm. And right. so the Word mm-hmm. of God is a, a lamp to our feet that helps us not to stumble. What is it in, also in Psalms where it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119.11. So it mm-hmm. keeps us from sin. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, um, I can't remember where I wrote this, that uh, it illuminates our spiritual and circumstantial darkness. Mm, That's good. So we, and I said this before we started, that everyone is born with a conscience of some right and wrong. You know, we, we know. But if without the Word of God and without the Holy Spirit illuminating and giving us that light, it's distorted and it can be blurry and it can be off a little bit. And so the Word of God is what brings that clarity. It is a light. It, it, that way you can see every detail, every shadow. You can say, this is what is true, Amen. not you know the distortion of the truth. Um, but I like that it also said it's a, a light to my path. It's insinuating that it's a continuous walk. It's the, the Word is for me now for this step, but also for the future. I like what you said there a second ago. Uh, the world will distort. Yes. Yes, and yes. distract every day. Yeah. Um, But it's also illustrated as a sword. Mm -hmm. And we don't really have to go there, but Hebrews 4.12 talks about that the the Word of God is living and powerful, or the Word actually means active. I like that it says that because something can be living living but dormant. So it Mm -hmm. is living and active, meaning it is is always moving. It is always, for hearts that are willing, um, it is... There, it's an active ministry that can happen in the heart of a person through the Holy Spirit yes. when we are willing. Um, and also that it's a sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. I just love the Word of God. How I've got did you have 12 this? up here too. <laughs> yeah, and what's good too is, is look what Ephesians 6 says too. It yep, says, that's what I have. We are in battle. Yeah. You know, yes. and there's our weapon. Yes. Yeah. And this is what I wrote here. It says, God's Word reaches us with surprising precision like a surgeon diagnosing the condition of our hearts it lays open our hearts to discern our spiritual health and you know you've been in services where you think which it's normally my dad but you Mm -hmm. think man he's reading my mail i was Mm -hmm. just thinking this or i was just struggling with this or i was just reading that passage this morning and really what that is it's the sharpness of the word of god to a yielded pastor um and the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's it's so accurate. So it's like not we were just talking, talking about. to one, talking right. to all. Right, yes. and yeah. it's, it's uh, you know, we look at, like we were talking about the prophecies, how accurate they are, where, mm-hmm. well, the, the Word of God can be so accurate to us right now. It's mm-hmm. timeless and flawless in the way that it it works. That's good. But I also like, uh, I, I read this note earlier, that with the illustration of a sword that has two edges, there's no blunt side. Mm-hmm. And so you can take that and say, there's no useless part of Scripture. Every single oh, part, good. every book, every punctuation mark, Very I mean, to, to the detail, there's nothing useless in the Word of God. It's all mm-hmm. sharp and all useful. Um, and then also, this is just the last thing I'll say, but uh, where you talked about Ephesians 6, that um, the, the sword of the Spirit is mm-hmm. how it's illustrated, mm-hmm. is for battle. 
And I think that takes practice. I've never used a sword, but I imagine mm-hmm. that it's a little bit heavy and a little bit hard to use. And I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. not, you know, ready to go out to battle and hit somebody with a sword. Um, and so, like the Word of God, we need to practice it. We need to, yeah. we need to rehearse it and meditate, like you're saying, meditate on it, know it. And the reason why is we see Jesus um, when he was tempted in the wilderness with Satan. He used the Word of God mm-hmm. as his weapon. He, he, yeah, yeah the, the enemy, and even when you go back to the Garden of Eden, the enemy came and he distorted what God said. Oh, yes. But when we have the Word of God hidden in our hearts, we can combat that with, no, that's not true. This is true. Yes. And so I just, I think that's awesome. You know, I've noticed this, and I, I think the reason we need to read the whole Word of God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, from cover to cover. Absolutely. You know, somebody said, well, we're New Testament Christians. Why are we reading the Old Testament? Well, the Old Testament is the basis for what we have in the New Testament and uh, many quotations. Um, but what happens is when we read the Word of God over and over and over again, it gives us a framework of thinking. We yes. we begin to think as people that are involved in the kingdom lives. of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We begin to think in biblical terms about marriage and morality yes. and ministry and mission, etc. And so I wanna I wanna talk just a little bit about some practical things of what meditating mm. okay, when I say meditating, it's to, to slow down and to think deeply mm-hmm. about the word of God. Now to do that it's going to require we're going to have to deal with external distractions i know planning. Uh, back back yeah planning and <laughs> and um but several years ago uh it took us in long it might have been 10 years ago now but I, I took off and i went to down to corsicana and there was a little cabin didn't have any internet i had electricity but it had no internet it was wet in the middle of the country it was just yes, a little cabin sir. Mm-hmm. And I was my purpose was to go and to uh, like our Lord did, you know, uh, he got alone and I went to get alone for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And I in my mind, I thought I was just going to jump right into it. And this the joy of being alone and then having this time of, you know, solitude with God. It literally took me half a day to get my mind quieted. Mm-hmm. It, it was like it was it was a lot more difficult than I thought it would be. We have so much noise. We have so much noise. Mm-hmm. We're and we're used to the noise. Yes, mm-hmm. we're used to. The, we don't even know how used to the noise we are and the external distractions. But there are three things that I jotted down. Just if we're going to s- slow down and think deeply about the Word of God, is it's we're going to have to get alone. You know, we have to get alone. Secondly, we have to to listen more than talk, mm-hmm. and then we have to value it. You know, if, if we love the Word of God, then we're going to have to value this thought of meditation and to slow down to get rid of the external distractions and have a time where we meditate on the Word of God. So I want to kind of wind this down a little bit with some thoughts about what thinking deeply about the Word of God can do for us. You know, we need the, we need the reading. We need to read broadly. You know, we need to read books. We need to get framework of you know how the word of god is put together but then there's this time and this is this is where i think the power of god's word is activated in our lives where it begins to really we begin to really get that nourishment mm-hmm. from the scripture and that's when we slow down and we start pondering meditating and thinking deeply about the word of god and i've jotted several things down here of what thinking deeply about the Word of God will do for us. And one of the things that I put down here, it our spirits will be quieted. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It will help us to deal with our anxieties and yes. our, and our word, words. There's so much trouble around us. Mm-hmm. There's so much chatter around us. I have probably, I have purposely, that TV in there uh, in the next room, I have not watched that TV in almost, I mean, I don't, months and months and months. I don't want to give, but months and months and months and months, maybe six or eight months. Uh, and maybe not quite that. I might have sat down and watched it a minute, but very little. I've just watched so little news, any kind of news, conservative, liberal. I've watched literally very little of what's going on in that in that realm. Just so much trouble. There's so much misinformation. And I think what happens is when we begin to meditate on the Word of God, it can, it can help us to quiet our spirits. Mm-hmm. So many people's spirits and their hearts and their minds are not quiet. They're not at rest in their mind. And yet mm-hmm. we know that the Word of God is... God's will is that we be at peace. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus, very, I mean, Jesus taught extensively, don't worry. I mean, he says it, don't worry. Mm-hmm. And then he logically says, worry is not going to do anything for you. It can't add to your height. It can't benefit, but it can just subtract. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the anxiety and the worry comes from just the noise. Yes. You're not quiet yeah. enough. And I'll just share a personal testimony on that for me. Like you're talking about, there were some things that I cut out of my life, too, at the beginning of the year just because I really felt like the Lord was like, you need to come out, cut out some noise. You got to turn some things yeah. off. Yes. Just get quiet. Yes. And I will tell you, I noticed a huge difference in hearing His voice clearer and easier, he, uh, reading the Word of God. Getting it, it's it's almost like I used this analogy the other day, like when you're cooking in the kitchen and you have the vent hood on, hmm. and you just get accustomed to it, and right. then thirty minutes later right. you go, you turn that off, and you realize how quiet it is, and you're like, yeah. wow. We That's were just good, we were functioning point. in so much noise and didn't realize it. And man, there's nothing like just getting yes. quiet and really being able to hear the Lord. Well, yeah. what you're saying is fitting in with what Pastor was just talking about, which wasn't uh, called out exactly uh, by itself, and that's just spending time with God. Yes. Yes. You not know? knowing about because if him. you're not if you're not going to open the, the Bible today, mm-hmm. where are you going to make the time to be with? Yeah. yeah the Lord mm-hmm. yeah you know so taking that time opens up that communication where you're you're having the meditation is part of it but that's it's a form of communication yeah, yeah. and just having making the time for the communication because mm-hmm. uh, if you don't if you're not careful every day is going to be the same and you're going to be living in the world and the enemy well, just know, wants us yeah. to be distracted well what we'll do is we'll in one of those drawers over there there's a flashlight and we'll treat God like a flashlight yeah. that, that we, we don't we don't we don't get it out until the storm comes and the lights go out, yeah. where's the flashlight? Mm-hmm. You know, that's I right. I don't want to. Batteries live. are dead. What do yeah, we do? Yeah, what I do? Uh, I don't want to live my life with the Lord like that. No. I want to live. The Lord is my friend. Yes, and my Lord. I don't want to disrespect Him, but He is a friend. Yes. This is closer than a brother. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I think that there's so much worry, there's so much stress, mm-hmm. there's so much anxiety. And it's almost like, uh, I know you've worked with computers, and what you put in is what you get out. Mm-hmm. And if we're yeah. putting trouble in, and we're taking trouble in, and we're meditating on trouble, mm-hmm. and we're, mm-hmm. we're feeding on all the negative news that's right. out there, yeah. and you don't even know what's true anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know most of it's not true, or it's like half true, or it's distorted, or, or there's a narrative created. And then you're just troubled after mm-hmm. all that. But the mm-hmm. Lord doesn't want that. So yes. one of the things that thinking deeply and quiet, getting your heart quiet is that it's going to allow your spirit to be at peace and to quiet your heart. And, you know, it, it's uh, 
what is the Philippians talks about pray about everything don't worry about anything and all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and, and then the peace of God mm-hmm. and, and it says which passes surpasses all of our understanding we'll and comprehension I mean how can you have peace in a lion's den or in a mm-hmm. fiery furnace yes. or Peter is you know asleep and he's going to be executed the next day <laughs> uh, I think I read a story years ago about the Moravians you know, John Wesley was uh, part of the Anglican Church, the Church of England, I guess, is where he started mm-hmm. out. And uh, But he wasn't a Christian. He was actually sent to Georgia, which was a colony at the time, and he wasn't even a Christian. He was just a, he was a minister, but he said he wasn't even saved yet later. But he noticed on the, on the trip there, they, hit, they came into what he's called like a hurricane, and there was some Moravian Christians on the ship. Mm-hmm. And the thing that he talks about in his journals is what struck him and impacted him so greatly was how much calm and how much peace they had. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody else, I mean, they're thinking they're going to die, but the Moravian Christians wow. were just at peace. And I think that's what the Word of God, the Word of God, great, the psalmist says, great peace mm-hmm. have they who love your law. And so maybe our lack of peace and rest in our spirits, and maybe our, our spirits can get agitated, is because we haven't been meditating, pondering, that is, thinking deeply about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's another thing that I think, thinking deeply about the Word of God, and that is that it's going to increase your spiritual strength. Mm-hmm. Your spiritual, just like, it's like, you know, you start running out of gas spiritually, just like we run out of gas in our cars. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was, uh, was it this morning, yesterday morning, my car had like 30 miles on it. You know, and then it has that, that light that comes, mine yeah. comes on at 90 miles. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Okay, your mind comes on at 90 miles, it'll come on, and there's like a, a light that comes on and says, Little warning. You know, it's mm-hmm. called the dummy lights, right? Or yeah, isn't that what yeah. they call it? The dummy lights. You know, hey, you need to get some gas dummy. But I think sometimes mm-hmm. in, in our lives, in my life, you know, in my life as a pastor, I'm giving out a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if I don't refuel with the word of God, and, and, and I think the temptation for us as pastors, is we can just go to the Word of God for a sermon. Mm. Oh, Sunday's coming. I've got to get a sermon. Mm. Instead of going to meet God in His Word, you know, I mean, for most pastors, they've been trained. They, You know, you give them a scripture in 10 minutes, they're going to come up with some kind of outline. (laughs) But that's not it. Is it God's Word? Is it what God is speaking for that moment? And and here's the thing with with me. Something has to be warm on my heart. I'm not the kind of guy, okay, we're going to preach... Sermon fifty two this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not that pastor. You know, if if I'm in a even if I'm in a series and I feel like something is yeah. not for this week, I will in a heartbeat cancel that. that. I've say, seen it happen on Sundays yeah. where you start out here and you end up yeah, here, yeah. <laughs> but it's where the spirit took you. It's where the spirit of God wants to go, That's and and thing. so, but uh, you know, there's times during the week I will be trying to move in a certain direction. And thinking, okay, we're in a series, and then the Lord will say, mm, "I feel it's in my heart." No, and then and then I'll start meditating on some part of God's word, and it will just warm to my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think as Christians, as ministers, we have to follow the Spirit. Absolutely, we have to follow the Spirit right. of the Lord, right. and and you know we want to be pleasing to Him. So, but here's what: uh, look at this verse right here. If you want your spiritual energy to be replaced and replenished, the Word of God, meditating and pondering on the Word of God, it, it, it increases your strength. It says in 1 John 2, in verse 14, 
He says, I've written to you fathers because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you are strong. Notice that you are strong. The young men in the church were strong because the word of God abides in you and you've overcome the wicked one. Abides mean it remains. The word's probably mino, probably the same word in in uh, John 15, you know, abide in Jesus, abide in the vine. Uh, so, but but I, I think your 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 spiritual strength will be re- replenished. You know, it's like you know you'll be like meditating on the word. It's like the it's your your roots are going down by the rivers of living water. You're getting mm-hmm. nourishment. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Mm-hmm. So not only will thinking deeply about the word quiet your heart, you have a quiet heart, a quiet peaceful spirit, but it will cause your spiritual life. To be uh, to be replenished, and a uh, couple couple few more of these, and then we'll we'll, we'll close in prayer. I think also the, the, the word of God. Now this is stated uh, explicitly, but thinking deeply about the word will will bring you into a deeper level of purity and sanctification mm-hmm. in in your life. You know, we live in a sinful world, and we as Christians still have the propensity to sin. Yes. We don't live in sin. We are Christians are not dominated by sin. If someone's dominated by sin, that, that's an indication they're not a Christian. Sin mm-hmm. shall not have dominion over it. We're not enslaved to sin anymore, mm-hmm. but we all have the propensity to sin. And we all sin at times. You know, we may be attitudinal at times, but it's we can sin. So how do we keep our hearts pure? Mm-hmm. How do How do we... Stay pure in an impure world. I mean, you really have to work to stay pure. Mm-hmm. Impurity is everywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not just hidden in some back alley somewhere. It's everywhere. It's on the Internet. It's on TV. Yes. People, uh, you know, uh, people talk more coarse and more godly. Mm-hmm. And, and it seems to be getting more and more out in the open and worse yes. and worse. So if, if ever there was a time. Well, I think that as we think deeply about the Word of God, what happens is the Holy Spirit will put take the Word of God, mm-hmm. and He'll begin to speak to us and bring mm-hmm. conviction about an area where we're maybe maybe we've sinned with our mouth, maybe we've mm-hmm. had an evil thought, maybe we've said something about someone else, or gossiped about them, or said something mm-hmm. you know that we never would have said in their presence, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden mm-hmm. in our right. in our time of meditation, the it's Word like and reading the Word, the Spirit of God says, "Hey." We can't enjoy this time together until you deal with this. Yeah. Right, right. So I think the word of God, you know, thy word, uh, sanctify them through thy words. Was it John, uh, John 17, 17? Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the fact is, the more we think deeply and meditate in the word, mm-hmm. the more we're enabled mm-hmm. to live a godly and holy life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed it in your life, but I know I've noticed it in my life mm-hmm. that the more I'm in the word of God, the more, the more, um, the more it's easy to live for God, right. mm-hmm. the more it's not, you know, there's a victory that you get a purity, mm-hmm. you know, you're not yes. struggling. Oh, I, you know, I don't want to sin today. It's not that it's yeah, literally you're, yeah. you're abiding in him and his yeah. holy life well, is being manifested in you. In Deuteronomy, I call for the Kings to keep reading it because Life will pull you away if you let it, yes. but if you stay grounded in the Word, then you're less likely to have that happen. And yes. yeah, two or three days of not reading, and I I feel like there's a dirt on me that I need to wash off, and the yes. Word will do it. Yes, you know I I've never read the Bible where 
I don't have this sense of peace that comes over me mm-hmm. in the process of reading it. Yes. I am better off afterwards than I am before. So you can true. feel it. You you mentioned the dirt. Mm-hmm. There's and and I know what you're talking about. The spiritual dirt. You're you yeah. know you're talking about the oh, spiritual yeah. dirt. Well, you know, in the marriage passage here, it talks about the washing uh-huh. of the water by the word, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It says, well, uh, and, and that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing uh-huh. of the water of the word. And there's there's spiritual dirt that can get in our minds. Yep. And, and all of a sudden, we start meditating and thinking deeply about the word of God, and there comes a washing. How many of us have been in a church service? You come in, and you feel a little of that dirt. You okay. feel a little bogged down spiritually. And then you hear the word of God, you you in you you worship the Lord together with God's people, and you leave and you feel clean. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you know a, a, a season of reading and meditating the word of God, it's like a spiritual bath. That's a good description. Mm-hmm. You're washing your life, you're mm-hmm. washing your heart, you're washing your mind, and and what happens is when the Lord convicts us, we go right to First John one nine. You know, we quote First John one nine like it's to, for lost people. Mm-hmm. That verse is to Christians. Mm-hmm. Yep. That if we confess our sins, mm-hmm. he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's not only cleansing, there's sanctification in that. Mm-hmm. We, we begin walking in that light. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, the worst thing in the world to me is a guilty conscience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People so are so guilty today because they're living in sin. But when we're cleansed by the blood and we're cleansed by the word and we're cleansed by the spirit, to have a conscience that is quiet. Is, a, is an incredible, mm-hmm. incredible gift. And so meditating and thinking deeply about the Word in, enables us to, our hearts to be, to be pure. So let me, um, let me give you one more because we're... Because um, these are good. These are good, and I have more, that yes. we, more than we can get to, but um, let, me, let me pick one of these. everybody's enjoying it. Yeah. So I, I think um, like thinking it. deeply about the Word of God it, it, of course, also strengthens our faith and our hope. Yes, you know, um, mm. I've been, I've had lots of disappointments in in my life, or a number of disappointments, where you get very discouraged. I, I know that every, probably everyone on here could say, you know, I've, I've had times of discouragement. I've had uh, in in the ministry hopes and dreams that have been delayed and and gotten very disappointed. But but when I've gone back to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yeah. And we know that is a verse about salvation, but really it could be said about all the word. That, um, like, like for instance, you start, uh, could you read Romans 15, 4? Mm-hmm. Romans 15, 3, three mm-hmm. and 5, it's 4. Romans 15, 4. Here's what the word of God does. When you feel discouraged, all of a sudden we start thinking on the word of God. We start meditating on the word of God. And then all of a sudden, what happens? Faith and hope are restored. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I'll give you an illustration. Go ahead and read that. Fifteen Romans fifteen four. It says, "For whatever things were written before, were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope." Oh, that's good. Now look at that. Read it again. Read it. Read it again. For whatever things were written before, were written for our learning, that we through the patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. So through the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Through, through what's written before, all the stories in the Bible, you know, all the stuff that happened in Hebrews 11, all those stories in the Old Testament were meant to give us to to give us hope, to give us mm-hmm. faith, to give us hope. And like like this verse right here, and this is uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, mm-hmm. says the Lord, 
thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, I know that we quote that verse today, but in mm-hmm. its application, here's the people of God. They're going into captivity. Mm-hmm. Are, are, are there ever going to come out? Is there any, are, you know, is, are the Jewish people going to be completely destroyed or amalgamated into whether Babylon or Syria, Medo Persia, etc.? What's going to happen? And Jeremiah speaks the word of God about mm-hmm. their future. Mm-hmm. And he says this although there's only a remnant left, mm-hmm. they've gone to captivity. The ten nations in the north are gone. Little Judah's left, Judah, Benjamin, and there's just a small remnant that's even serving the Lord anymore. And then out of that, he says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you a future. And that's what the Word of God does. When we're discouraged, the Word of God can restore our hope as we think deeply about the Word of God. The Spirit of God can take the Word of God and say, yes, you are coming out of that sickness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, your marriage problems are going to be fixed. Yep. That wayward child is going to come mm-hmm. home. That that thing, that loss that you experience, I'm going to restore that. It's a, an eternal perspective. It restores it, that. Yeah, I was yes. about to say perspective. It helps you put things in perspective mm-hmm. a lot yes. of times where we, we tend to overinflate things that mm-hmm. aren't so important yes. and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, good Good. Well, here's what we'll close with. Here's, and that's a good good point that you have there because one of the ones I wasn't going to get to that it what happens is it our minds are enlightened to see things from God's vantage point. Mm-hmm. That's good. When, when we meditate, mm-hmm. you know, when 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 we see the when we read the Word of God, we get God's perspective. Mm-hmm. In 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 First um, Corinthians two sixteen, it says. We have the mind of Christ. Wow. We have the mind of Christ. We have his mind. We, we, know, we know where our world is going. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody say, well, everything's getting worse. Well, that's not true. I, I'm not getting worse. Right. Are you getting worse, Brad? <laughs> no, no, I'm doing Are fine. you getting worse? Are you folks getting I'm worse? I'm doing fine. I am hope I'm getting better. Yeah. You know, I'm not all I want to be. That's, and, that's, and, that's my goal. <laughs> yeah, no. But, but people exaggerate and yeah. say, Say everything is getting worse. And no, not everything is getting worse. The church is getting better. You know, uh-huh. and, and yeah, I know that oh, what yeah. the Bible says about falling away and this and that, but the Christians I know are, are getting better. I'm yeah. watching people grow. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not getting worse. Well, I hope there's a I'm real sharp better. contrast. We're seeing things happen in the world, but what we're seeing, you know, in, in among Christians and everything. I think you notice it more now with the sharp contrast to how yeah. f- people are so lost that they don't have God in their life yes. that, that you, you see it more now. Or, or maybe that's just my take, but yeah. it, it seems to be more apparent. There's always a remnant. There's always a remnant. And, and you know, our, our, our congregation, you know, we're envisioning our future and we're moving forward. Good things are happening. And, uh, you know, those of you that are with us here, I, I see... I see uh, our church becoming better. I see mm-hmm. our church becoming more loving. Yes. Uh, I mean, unless I'm just completely fooled. No, no, no. <laughs> Spot on. We have a, a group of people that really love each other. Yeah. yeah. Family. We really there truly. There's a true yeah. sense family. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether you remember or not, but when we were in Israel and I was baptized in the Jordan when we were all there, it's mm-hmm. like, this is my family. You know, yes, not, not to be coining, you know. Yes. Uh, greater people than me but but it just that's how i felt you know it's like yeah. this this is you know my family in in christ yes uh, 
there, there's something more to it. You know, than, our than precious it. family. I, I, there's not one person that's all, that I could think of that I'm in conflict with, that I don't appreciate, that I don't love. I hope they love me. If they don't, if they don't, I hope they don't tell me because I love them. Uh, I, I love and appreciate every person. I just I can't think of anyone that is I'm in conflict with or that we're in conflict with. I can't think of any major. I mean, we have differences of opinions, but sure. there's such a love and a corporate cooperative spirit that, and I see that as God's grace. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because you know we're sorry we're oh sorry <laughs> we're people that love the word and we love each other and we're really wanting Jesus to get all the glory. We want, yeah. Yes, we're really seeking His kingdom, and and it starts with you know we, we have to center everything in the book. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, we can't think, you know, with, oh, well, I like this and you like this. No, what is Jesus like? Right. That's really what we want. What is Jesus like here? What does he right. want? You know, it's There's his church. The center. There's the you know, some people say, well, what's your plan? What's your vision for the church? I have no vision for the church. It's not my church. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. How can I have a vision for something that's not mine? Now, if you ask me, what, what's Jesus' vision for the church? Oh, okay. That, that, uh, I understand now. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get in the B-I-B-L-E. There you go. So I just... Uh, I think the Word of God is just something that can completely transform our, our lives. And Indeed. There is, and there is a, uh, the thing that comes to my heart is uh, where we, this first thing that we said, I want our church family to have a sense of peace and rest. And mm-hmm. when I see one of God's children that just has fear and anxiety, there's a sense of, warrior that comes up in me because it makes me it hurts me to think that the devil's doing that to god's Mm -hmm. people and the lord doesn't want us to worry about anything and i'll say this and we'll we'll start it's like i told him last week bring the plane we're landing the plane i see the lights (laughs) of the runway you know i see the put your seats you know seats up and your tray tables tables up yeah i could see the end of this but um you know we're moving forward with God's purpose and God's plan for our congregation. And if we truly believe Romans 8, 28, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we, we quote it until we have to believe it. You know, like, oh, wow, okay, well, I thought this was going to happen here and this was going to happen here. I, I really believe that we're right on time with everything happening in our church. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually like it's happening inverted almost or, or opposite. But we had a wonderful approval this week of our, all of our engineering plans. That's great. And that's a huge hurdle. Oh, yes. That's all the building. That's like steel and the concrete and the mm-hmm. electrical. And they're like, yeah, this is a we signed off. It's going to have a stamp on it. And uh, I was told today by our builder that the the company got the stuff they needed from the survey and all that. You're going to see a lot of stuff happen over the next several weeks here. I mean, I'll, and, and uh, you know, I guess I'm not, I, I don't like to give dates and but things because then when it doesn't happen but but I, I predict that over the next month we're going to see lots and lots of stuff I don't know how the rest, of the, the rest of the church is looking at it but I'm not looking at the building project I'm looking at what's going to happen when the church is on the hill so Amen. True. and the doors that are going to be open and the people that are going to be reached and yes. the things that are going to happen preparing Amen. for the that's harvest that's what I stay yeah. focused on yes. myself you know? and, and here's let's let's conclude this that's a good way to conclude this because because we're talking about the power and the authority and the activating the word of God through thinking deeply and meditating on on the word of God and what happens it, it equips us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the word of God equips us for every good work and you're talking about what's going to happen on the hill. Well, what I see ha- going to happen on the hill is every single one of our church family has a purpose. Mm-hmm. All hands on deck. 
Yep. You know, it's not just the it's not just oh, yeah. like a captain driving the ship. Yeah. It's everyone mm-hmm. doing their part. And that's when that's when beautiful things happen. The manifold mm-hmm. wisdom of God being manifested through every gift and every voice and every prayer and every gift and every talent mm-hmm. and and people are being saved and people are being encouraged and I love what you said at prayer meeting last night about I can't remember how you said it, but you said someone comes with a need and you know someone with the gift of prophecy come how did you say that oh yeah yeah just it's just uh, uh, showing the beautiful diversity yeah. of gifts well, what, what i said was that let me clarify because those of you that weren't able to make prayer meeting last night um what, what i was talking about is how a person's giftedness will determine how they approach things okay <laughs> like for instance let's say someone comes with a problem the guy with prophecy will speak and tell them where they went wrong kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. The person with a teaching gift will teach them how to do it right. Yeah. The person with a compassion gift will just want to hold their hand. Mm-hmm. The person with an encouragement gift will, will start saying, you can do it, you can do it, you can That's do right. it. Right. You know, a person, yeah, yeah, you know, a person with a, with a service gift will want to do something practical for mm-hmm. them. So determine what a person's giftedness is will be determined how they approach things. And everyone is needed. Yep. Every one of those. That's right. Everyone the is The arms, the leg. You know, we get this description yes. in the Bible, yeah. you know. Yes. We're all part of the same body. Well, I would say this, that the more of God's word that's in your heart and that you assimilate into your spirit, the, the more effective you're going to be as mm-hmm. whatever children's work, men's, women's ministries, uh, you know, br- Brother Brad's over our, our ushers, and the ushers need the word of God. Y- yes, yes. The and, ushers. And I was going to chime in. The it, it, the any of the roles there are no small parts exactly and, and it's a privilege mm-hmm. and once you get that that mindset uh and, and that's why I, I try to let jimmy rub off on me yes because he has got the zeal for the for service yes. he's got a servant's heart yeah mm-hmm. and, well y'all are doing a great job I, all yeah. of y'all uh, it's and, an honor well brother brad you're a blessing you and glenda mm-hmm. are a bright spot in our church and oh, thank you your love for the word your influence of of, of mm-hmm. getting people to read the word of god and not just me saying it from the pulpit like we need to read the word but you're there cheerleading on and glenda he's talking to you yeah he's there we go <laughs> uh, all of you but thank you for your for your faithfulness and uh, you well, you and glenda have been steady through the through the great and the difficult times and good days are ahead for our church and amen god has a purpose yes, yes he does and a vision for our congregation so yes, with church family i love love each of you why don't we uh conclude this by a word of word of prayer and ask god to give us a, a new hunger and a new thirst for his wonderful word mm-hmm. um you know as we as we eat it it's like honey in the honeycomb yes. and so father tonight how grateful we are for our trinity life family Thank you for Brother Brad and thank you for Mackenzie sharing tonight and the insights. And we ask, Lord, that you give us all a greater hunger for your word of God. Forgive us, Lord, when we've neglected your word, when we've allowed outside distractions to cause static and chatter and and just we get distracted. But, Father, help us to find your peace and your rest as we meditate on your word. As we quoted, Father, great peace have they who love your word. Teach us to think deeply about your word, to slow down, to meditate on the words, because these words are inspired by your spirit. So, Lord, bless us each one. Bring us Sunday for an incredible day of your mercy and grace. And we ask it in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you, Trinity Life family and friends that joined us. We'll see you Sunday morning. God bless you.